listening to the Might See TV podcast. I'm your host, Brian Finley, and each episode, a different guest will join me to discuss their favorite TV show. This is the podcast where we talk about your favorite TV programs over the last 40 or so years. So have a listen as our guest selects their favorite TV series and we discuss one of their favorite episodes from that series. This week, we talk to Elena Hoffman and her favorite TV series of all time, Parks and Recreation. Hello, and welcome to Must See TV Pod... Oh, Might See. Might See TV (laughs) Podcast. I'm guessing that it switched to must because the shows we watched are must. You know, it probably should, but I keep... it, It is Might See TV... I keep forgetting, and it's just, uh, a lot of us tend to say must-see TV. It's It's, it's ingrained in us. It's true. Uh, but this is the must-listen-to podcast. We know that. Nice! <laughs> hey. uh, so, as always, my name is Brian Finley, and I am here with, uh, this week, I am here with Elena Hoffman. Hi! Hi, Elena. Uh... Now, those of you who don't know Elena, you should know that... Oh, they are missing out. You are missing out, and Elena is a renowned improviser (laughs) here in the Chicago area. Well, thank you. Uh, She does lots of important things. (laughs) She can list those if she would like. Um, I'll just say that I have another podcast. Oh, yeah. um, That you have been a guest on, so they should at least listen to that one. That's probably why they're over here. (laughs) Right. They all came from mine. (laughs) They're probably following you, or or they heard me on yours. And they're like, I gotta gotta get more of this Brian Finley. And they've just been looking up my name, Googling. And if you like listening to people talk about things they've watched on TV, then Hallmark Hall of Shame is where you can listen to me and my friend Janet and guests like Brian talk about Hallmark movies. Yes, and that was a lovely, fun time. Yeah, your first... Hallmark movie experience. It was. And it, it starred <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook, which was brilliant. Uh, it was, what was it called? See, here's the thing. All the titles are just the same words mashed up. So It has love. Tried, I think that one was Frozen. Frozen in Love. Frozen in Love. Yeah. Yes. But I always, I actually tried to remember this one recently. It was like, love on the ice, really cold love. <laughs> yeah. Love hearts are frozen. Like, yes. it's just all the same. Well... It is it is a fun <laughs> podcast, so go listen to that, uh, hopefully after yeah. you listen to this. But if you're already bored, I don't blame you. Yeah. Not so, because of Elena. Well, and <laughs> Hallmark movies, when we talk about them, I have like a very love-hate relationship. But this is fun because I just get to talk about things I straight up love. Yeah. There's no hate here. No, no hate here today. <laughs> so what's great about the Might See TV podcast is we have a guest on the show who brings one of their favorite TV shows, if not their absolute favorite TV show. And they recommend a couple of episodes, sometimes one. Sometimes a person can't just choose one, or it's a comedy. It's a little shorter. Uh, And today, we are talking about what show? Parks and Recreation. Parks and Rec, as it's known to... Parks and Rec. Some of its fans. Oh, I love it so much. And, and that feels actually vulnerable because I love it so much. It feels like when you are introducing your significant other to your family and you're like, please love each other. So yeah. there's this like, Brian, you loved it, right? Yeah. Well, and yes. I love this show too. Okay, good. Uh, probably not as diehard as you. I <laughs> No, I don't know that I would rank it in my top 10, though I love it. What? 
I don't know. I've never made a top ten. I of just can't TV. think of what would be above it. Anything I would list comedy wise, you would probably snub. Oh, because if I'm I were, a snubber? If I were to throw out, oh, I really like friends more than this, you would go, ugh. Like, <laughs> you see, you're I, now I'm trying face. to understand, but like, there's a lot of funny stuff in there. I don't think it yeah. holds up. It super doesn't well. as much, and we um, might watch this in ten years and say, "What the heck?" I just can't imagine. It. <laughs> but I do I agree with so you. Much. Friends is having trouble holding up a little bit, but yeah. the young it's kids. Not, it's not woke. <laughs> no, but the young kids love it. Like who didn't grow up with it? Like, and they see it mm-hmm. now, and they're like, "Oh, that's enjoyable. It's very popular in reruns." Yeah. Um, so today, uh, mm-hmm. as we walk through this, what I usually love to ask people oh, is tell me when, so this show I believe began maybe in 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. I want to say maybe yeah, even 2008. Yeah. Great job doing your research. We've got, we got seven seasons but of it. I've got to ask what, what drew you to the show? How did you even start watching it? You know, was it a recommendation? It did was. You, Oh. It was a recommendation uh, from a really good friend of mine who, I well, I think I had seen the first episode thinking it would be like The Office and went, meh, no thanks. Yeah, and that first episode was maybe too much like The Office. Yeah. It, uh, it was, it hadn't found it. Leslie Nope is very different. She's Steve Carell more so. Not, but it's not yeah. the likable Leslie Nope, I feel. Yeah, I think that the, I think the whole show comes into its own in the second season because they solidify the cast. Yeah. Um. So they had a character Mark Brandanowitz or something that I think wasn't a good fit, and I think that character knew it because the actor was like, "I don't think I'm gonna keep going," and then they brought in Rob Lowe and Adam Scott, and I feel like those two really rounded out the ca- and also. The Andy character, um, I'm blanking on his name, Chris Chris Pratt, Pratt, Andy Dwyer. Yes, Chris Pratt was just going to be like a guest. Yeah, he'd come in once in a while. and He's not (laughs) in it as much at the beginning. No, and then they're like, oh, we need him. So I think they figured out the the formula for their ensemble. So once that became the family of Parks and Rec in the second season is when I was told by a friend, like, no, you're going to love this. And trusting that friend... I watched it and was like, you couldn't be more right. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, when it aired, I think it was a mid-season sort of startup show, mid-season replacement, I think. And I remember a lot of people not liking it initially. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of shows find who they are a little bit later on. Like, I think if you're going to watch... Star Trek The Next Generation, I would recommend starting in season three. Right. (laughs) Or if you're going to watch Seinfeld, you would never tell someone to watch season one. Because it's, well, in some of the first episodes, like Julia Louis-Dreyfus is barely Mm. in it. Kramer's barely in it. Uh, Yeah. It's just not, not what it ends up becoming. Yeah. And I would say that's kind of what initially happens here. And I think kudos to the writers of those shows who realize, oh, this is an ensemble. We need we need to fill out these scripts with these characters. Yeah. Like once they find that goal, they know how to use it. So, yes. Uh, what was your it. What was your routine for usually watching this show? Was it Was it on a certain night of the week? Was it a DVR? Did you watch it on Netflix? 
Um, must have been Netflix. I have never had TV. What? Yeah. yeah. In, in the, the entire time I've lived in Chicago, I've never had TV. Really? I only have Netflix and Hulu. That makes sense. You don't, I mean, at this point, yeah. you, know, you don't, you don't need to have the cable cord. Right. And act, I have, I have to have it for my internet. Yeah. So I have the possibility of connecting it. And I actually talked with Comcast yesterday and was like, the Olympics are on. Maybe I should connect this. I don't even know how to do that. And they're <laughs> like, I guess maybe try and let us know if it doesn't work. I'm like, Maybe. <laughs> I'll just watch Netflix. (laughs) Yeah, it's sometimes easier. If it's that important, it will be on uh, a website. I totally agree. Like, it'll be a clip on YouTube that gets connected to Facebook, and then I'll see it if it's important. Right. Absolutely. Or on YouTube, you can now watch things live, too. Like, the debates you could watch on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Or in the World Series, you watch at a bar. You're not missing anything. No, I found my way around. And I don't need an excuse to watch more television. Yeah. (laughs) What's what's great is that you had this as it's just been one of those shows you were always able to binge too. Yeah. You never really had to wait. Mm-hmm. Did you sometimes have to wait for seasons maybe though? Um yeah, I had to wait. I I remember waiting for the 7th season because it was something I was really excited for the series finale. Yeah. season. Um and actually Something we talk... Well, the episode we watch, it deals with two of the characters being in a fight. Yeah. So when the series began, I was actually in a a time of grief in my life. Some friends had passed away, and I was really looking forward to this, like, comfort binge of (laughs) Parks and Rec. And when it started, and these two people that feel like actual friends to me were fighting, it was devastating. It it has that much toll on you? Well, and I think because I was looking forward to just like this like brain candy moment of like, oh, I get to be with these like really comforting, lovely people that feel like family. Yeah. And there was so much discord and fighting between them. I was like, no, (laughs) I just needed you all to get along because in my life people are missing and I don't want this to be missing. Right. So you just wanted to go back to that comfort, that so, comfort show. Yeah, and I the episode we watch is where they make up. Yeah. So this episode meant a lot to me. It now is. You know why. Well, I'm glad to know why. Yeah. And we watched two episodes. This is a very special Might See TV podcast yeah. because it involves two episodes. This has never been done before in the history. Ooh, I of like Might, to shake it up. Of Might See TV, also a comedy. Has never been done before. Mm. Although both of these episodes, I think, have a really lovely emotional arc to them. They do. They For absolutely being a comedy, do. yeah. Uh, so episode, the first episode we watched mm-hmm. is... Season three, season 3. Episode 9. It is Andy and April's Fancy Party. Yes. The name of the episode. And when you, when you called out, that's one of them we were doing, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I think I know... I think I'm pretty sure this is the one where they get, like, secret married, or it's Mm -hmm. a surprise wedding. Yes, it is a surprise wedding. Which is a really fun episode. That is sometimes my issue with why I can't have Parks and Rec be in my top ten, is because I've binged this show, and so much blends together. Like, people will call things out about the show, and I'll be like, oh yeah, that was a hilarious one-liner, that was, like, hilarious in the show, but I sometimes can't keep episodes straight okay 
little Seb- Sebastian stands out. Like, that's an episode I remember. Mm-hmm. But then a lot will... Well, this show Blend. has a lot of really fabulous layered callbacks yes. throughout the seasons. So if you binge it and like binge it, binge it season wise, it is so fun to see the callbacks. Like there's this small moment in the second episode we watch where you see a janitor who's listening to Shania, Shania Twain's Damn, I Feel Like a Woman. And that's a callback to a like season two or three where you randomly see that janitor listening to the exact same song as he's cleaning up the office during the credits. Really? Yeah, so it's this tiny little Easter egg that I think is so fun. Yes. Um, and, and that's layered all through. Andy has a, he has a band that he's trying to come up for names. He's trying to come up with a yes. new name for the band. You see him wear those the band name shirts that were rejected throughout all the seasons. Yes. Which is so fun. No, it is. It's absolutely fun. And it all like relates to one another. Yeah. I love it. I I do think that is great. And I also want to say, I feel bad. I didn't introduce one of our guests today. Yeah. You're kind of a jerk, but he's here and I'll put up a picture of him for everyone (laughs) that's interested. Uh, little Sebastian is is here. How did you get little Sebastian? Um, that same friend who recommended the show to me gave it to me for Christmas one year. And I am not an animal person, and I'm definitely not a stuffed animal person. So when I opened up this Christmas gift, it was uh, lying on its back, or lying on its side, and you couldn't read the saddle that says Little Sebastian. So when I saw the side that was just a stuffed animal horse, I went, well, who in the world would send this to me? And then when I flipped it over and saw it was little Sebastian, my immediate next thought was, someone knows the depths of my soul. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Very they, good friend. The one I think animal. it's the one stuffed animal I will ever own. And I was a kid who loved stuffed animals. Really? Like, oh, do you want to hold little Sebastian? I mean, I loved them. I, I would like line them up on my, mm-hmm. on my bed and try to sleep with like 20 of them Aww. as a child. So. Nice. Well, you missed out. I mean, but I had a teddy least... bear, and then ah, I was like, bear, though. yeah, I'm done. Yeah, you didn't need it. You no. were like, these things don't bring me comfort. These aren't humans. You're like, I need actual spirit. Yeah. But I got it from these little things. Uh, well, this episode starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sorry, the fancy wedding. Yes, the fancy wedding. Oh, it starts so fun. It Such does. Such a good opener. You love this opener. I really do. I uh, think it's what's, What do you love? Um, so it's just a real quick cold open of Ron Swanson in a meeting, pulling a tooth and And freaking out. You do. And he's just trying to freak out his coworkers. Um, he like whips, whips out a tool after grunting in pain and just rips a tooth out of his mouth and everyone is reacting like, why would you do this? Which I think when you're watching it, you are too. Like, this is so extreme. And then you cut to him having his like time with the camera, his talking head of, I had the dentist pull this yesterday, but sometimes it's good to remind your coworkers that you can withstand a lot of pain. And yeah. it's fun to watch Tom faint. And then it cuts to Tom fainted on the floor. Uh, I think it's just a fun moment of everyone believing this was possible of him as a character. Um, and, and reacting very well to it. And then you also get to see Ron being such a troll. Yeah. I just think it's a super fun cold open. 
he is he is uh, a lot of people's favorite character. Like he has some great one-liners. He really does. And he just says some really fun things throughout he is the whole series. Very fun to quote. Yeah. Yes, I can read those quotes. Like there will be I'm I would bet, I don't even know this for sure, mm-hmm. but there is probably an Instagram account of just Ron Swanson quotes. Probably. It's just a different one every day. Probably has a picture oh, of him and a quote. Yeah, I know. Twitter. I'm gonna look up Ron Swanson after this. Yeah. Uh, props to the Ron Swanson Instagram account if you're out there. <laughs> that exists, and if you don't exist, you probably have one follower now. Let us like speak in addition to what, in addition <laughs> to your million. Yeah, one more. Follower. You now have a million and one, maybe two. <laughs> uh, so he does that, and then um, oh, so I mean, it sets up pretty quickly. We find out Ben, right? That's Adam Scott's name. Yeah, I think it's. Um, he is possibly going to move back to mm-hmm. wherever he was from. I don't think it matters where where was Indianapolis. He? Indianapolis. Yeah, so in the state, a little bit away. Um, I mean, he's originally from Minnesota because he was a teenage mayor. Yeah. That ruined the oh, town. Oh, I don't think I remember that. He like bankrupt the town trying to build Ice Fest, um, which sounds like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> it kind of does. It does because Christmas Festival of Ice literally is a Hallmark. Oh my movie. gosh! You should create fan fiction, or you <laughs> should you should just write a screenplay. I should about Ice Fest. <laughs> you need to write this and base it on By Ben. Ben Wyatt. And we know whoever ends up with an ice vest, it's not going to last because he's <laughs> Cause, eventually right. leaving. But we could see his first relationship. As, as an 18-year-old? Yeah. I mean, they could probably have done that I'm on in. a Hallmark movie. <laughs> uh, and I will say, I love the relationship between Leslie and Ben. I think it's one of the best ones we've ever seen on television. Yeah, it's... it's oh, there's some realism to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's enjoyable. And you, I think you see them be equal partners more than you do in most television relationships. Because so often, especially in comedy, women are just this like nagging character, mm-hmm. where it's like, and and he's just an oaf. Yeah. Um, but in this, you get to see two adults who are super capable and really respect and love each other, and can like really get stuff done. Yeah. And I love that. And they feel like real people. Yeah. I don't know. They're flawed. Yes, they're flawed. They're not like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's like they're more real on on this show, I guess, than like some shows where you just Mm -hmm. feel it's like a pretty model in either, or both characters, and you're like, okay, well, great, they're good looking people, but like, what more is there to, I don't know, I just Mm -hmm. enjoy them. Yeah, and you get to see them actually make compromises um, for their relationship. Yeah. And 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 actually negotiate career and it's I think it's really yeah really interesting and lovely yeah um, it it moves pretty quickly to the party uh, you know there's not a lot yeah. going on in the office in this episode but we also but it have... is such a fun thing that Andy comes in on rollerblades yes <laughs> like that's never talked about and it's just like yep he just rolls in and she pushes him out. Yeah, I never questioned it. I <laughs> yeah. was just like, oh, yeah, that's something that would happen. It's just a something that feels authentic to the world and character of Andy Dwyer. And you're like, sure. And I guess that's a testament to the greatness of the show. They can do yeah. that weird weird thing, and I'm not like, why was that? Right, never back. questioned once. Like, just, of course. If we were watching a Hallmark movie, 
character <laughs> randomly comes in on rollerblades, I would have been talking about that for 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Why did that happen? Why does he own those? <laughs> yeah. But Andy, like, sure. Yeah. Of course. That is how you feel. And there's another storyline going on with Ann Perkins mm-hmm. and Donna. And they are at sort I guess it's a speed dating type of event or a singles event. Yeah. Not speed dating because they're just meeting Yeah, people. it's like a mixer. Yes. A mixer, um. which I did work for a dating. <laughs> you did. Um. A, dating, a dating company where they make sure to get your social security number. Yeah, it's not great. Um, <laughs> but I ran those events. Yes. So, and they were awkward. <laughs> so I, that so was, a, that's a little triggering for yes. me. Yes. I remember <laughs> one of your, one of your, uh, customers had said, uh, he was leaving early cause it was steak night with mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I just, I, I just want to make fun of these people because well, we have don't a know lot who this of man is. empathy for them, but there was definitely uh, land of or island of misfit toys esque. <laughs> I will be it. I will be leaving early. It's steak night <laughs> with mother. Oh, that guy also had a lot of pet guppies that he told me a lot about, and I don't know that those can be pets. So, <laughs> so you have been to these events, yeah. Uh, which I don't. No, I've hosted these events. Yes, not as a patron. You've been as just. Yeah, but also like I couldn't leave. Like I don't mean <laughs> to say like I'm not pathetic. I mean to say I was trapped at all of them for the entirety of the time. Yeah. And I was the person that, if people weren't talking to people, they're like, "Well, she has to." Yes. So I got a lot of like, "Let me show you all the pictures of my dog. Let me show you all my vacation photos." And you don't like dogs, really. So you were no, like, I, I mean, fake it. you're not into dogs. Like, what if they were showing you pictures of their stuffed animals? That seems on brand for these <laughs> events. And I would have been like, "Oh wow!" Yeah, you can do it. You can you could fake well, I bet. Thanks. Um, one thing I love about... Well, and they don't really go in... They don't... It's pretty much just focused on Donna and Anne at the event. You, like, yeah, you see Anne meet one guy, maybe, who's, like, manager of a sports uh, equipment store or something. Right. But that's it. And he's just normal, like, oh, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. And they show her agreeability. Yes. You see Anne um, recognizing that she needs help dating that she hasn't had a good track record and Donna has told her to get out there more so so now they're at this event and you get to see Donna kind of Obi-Wan Kenobi her and kind of mentor her into how to date well which I think is super fun that you're seeing like the I don't know the conventional pretty girl who's just like I'm awkward and then you get to see Donna be like be confident be you and I don't know that their relationship, their scenes pass the Bechdel test because they're always talking about... The what test? The Bechdel test. I don't think I know the Bechdel test. Really? Really? What is that? Oh, it's so important. It's, um, it's a test that is kind of like a litmus test for representation of women. So it's such a low, low bar. And all you have to ask is, does this movie or... TV show have two female characters mm-hmm. that have a name 
So it's not just like waitress, <laughs> but their characters have a name. Okay. And do they have a conversation about something other than a man? Oh. That's all that they have to do. And so few things pass the Bechdel test. I, I'm going to have to start thinking about the Bechdel test when I watch things. Yeah, it comes from a comic strip, and the author of the comic had the last name of Bechdel. Got it. But you can look it up online for, like, what passes the Bechdel test. And it is truly shocking how few things I don't think pass. most shows I love pass this test. Like what show? Uh, and I like dramas more, but if I think of, like, Six Feet Under, I think there's tons that don't adhere okay. to, that pass this test. Because um, of the mother-daughter relationship. Mother-daughter, also Brenda... Yeah, I think all of the female characters aren't always necessarily... Well, Brenda is typically talking to men, right? She talks to her mother. She talks to... Okay. She'll talk to Ruth at times. But yeah, I mean, I, I haven't given so, this test. Right, that's so that's another thing to think about is ones that you're like, well, there are yeah. like, strong female characters that I really like, but you don't necessarily recognize right away that they're only interacting with men. Yeah. Or when they talk to a girl, it's like, how do I get them to like me? Do you think... Which women talk about so many things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you think this is because often shows being represented are and characters are being written by men? Like, do you think that's part of it and that there's not female representation writing? Or I mean, obviously there's the greater thing of like, well, the executives at these places are like probably a lot of men. So that's also having that effect, but... Well, I think, um, I think that's part of it, is that we obviously need more representation in the writer's room and in the producing rooms um, or realms. But I think another part of it is that we tend to write for the male perception of humor or perception of entertainment. Even, like, women will sometimes fall into that. Yeah, because yeah. we've been told this is what comedy is. Yeah. So you are like, great, I can do that. So you do it, not recognizing that you can also brand your version of comedy and write your version of comedy. So yes. I think you have to be taught how to represent because representation has been such a problem. Yes. Now... I have to ask, so, <laughs> this is so interesting, because I've never heard of this test, but, like, yeah. some, all right, Which so Which is it, so fascinating to me. Yeah. Because I, I've known about it for years, right? But it it is, like, I don't know who has to tell you about it, you know? You would have to tell me, <laughs> probably. And I think I've heard, like, this premise, I just never knew of this, mm -hmm. like, as a test. But, all right, so in this instance, we've got... Uh, Donna and Anne speaking and it doesn't pass the test because they're talking about... Well, and I would maybe make the argument that it does in a way because the conversation is actually more about Anne's growth. Got it. Because Dana is... Or Dana. <laughs> Donna, <laughs> Donna is saying... Um, what is wrong with you? Like, are you Nell from the movie Nell? Which I love that line. Yeah. Because I love not a lot any of, reference to Nell. Not a lot of Nell references. No, I don't there. get enough in my life. Yes. And I love a good Tay in the Wind. <laughs> um, but so I think it's more about Anne independent of like a specific man. It's more like you need to be better about talking to people. Yeah. So I would make an argument there. But yeah. within the episode, we definitely pass the Bechdel test with April 
and Leslie. Indeed. Definitely. Yeah, it's There's, not even about... Yeah. No. We have the moment at the wedding where she just says, I'm glad you're here, you're important to me, and I love you. Which, we don't get enough of that from April. So it's like a very beautiful moment. Yes. We also have April's sister giving a speech and kind of speaking more directly to April. So we see women interacting in a way that celebrates their friendships. Yeah. And Leslie calls Anne to say, like, these two people are getting married. You have to come and stop it. Um, and we get to... There aren't a lot of moments where you see adults forming friendships in TV shows. And Leslie and Anne's arc is one where you get to see the beginning and forming adult friendships can be really difficult. <laughs> yeah, I think once you're over the age of 25, it change, yeah. changes. Yeah, because you don't have that, like, sitting in classes together and, like, kind of forged time. You have time to that forges make. It. You have to make the time. Yeah. And we get to actually watch two people pursue that, um, which I think is a really fun arc, too, that we don't get a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is a very fun arc. Guys, I love this show. I do. Uh, I love people interacting. We, we find out about the secret wedding, and I think it's... Uh, I remember watching this, and I remember being... Lo- I remember loving the April-Andy relationship. I feel as the show went on, mm-hmm. I stopped loving it so much. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but at this stage of the game... I was totally on board, and I was so excited when they were having the secret wedding. It that okay? It made that's fair. You you weren't. No, I well I I can understand why uh, why April is a difficult character for people to love because she is so dark and sarcastic and somewhat mean. Um, I think that their choice to get these two together is really fun because I think it does balance their characters a lot. Um, and you get to see April actually loving someone mm-hmm. um, more than she typically shows. Yeah. So I think it was a smart writing decision. And it's one that happened really fast. Yes. Because even in the show, they've only been dating a month when yes. they get married. And these- so it's like... Right from the get-go. They're like, great, they're together forever. And I think that was such a... I think if I was in the writing room, I'd be like, oh, drag it out a little bit more. And I love that they didn't make that choice. Yes. They're like, no, let's just write them now together. No, they're going to drag out the Leslie and Ben storyline for a little bit. For a little bit, Because you've got it. You do have to have that. But you also want to have just those standard relationships that are kind of there and you know you can rely on them every time you turn it on like I expect I don't expect I haven't seen the end of the show in Mm -hmm. season seven I don't expect April and Andy are breaking up Mm -hmm. I could be completely wrong but I think I'm gonna tune in and I think they're still gonna be together yeah so yeah that's nice it is really nice and even within the Leslie and Ben relationship they have very little conflict they have conflict in the idea of they can't date because of work um but their characters don't actually like break up and date other people and then get back together right so like the drama is kind of outside of their connection 
it's, which I also think is really nice. It's probably more like the real um, things that exist in relationships mm-hmm. than what we will often see in a television show of like just very dramatic and big things that aren't. It's the day to day things that yeah. like are what factor into relationships and the way that they talk about when they have to break up because they work together <laughs> and they had like the secret relationship at first. Even those conversations of like, I can't be friends with you because this is hard for me, I think is a much more real conversation than I think what you would typically see. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Overall, the wedding is very Done. fun. Yeah. Right? I love it. Uh, and I love I love Leslie's moments during it, like with a few characters, as you mentioned, yeah. with April, with Ron, and with... Uh, Ben. And with Ben. And her moments with all three, mm. I think, are, like, nice. Like, almost... I almost get misty-eyed with each of those. Yeah. Because they're they're all real conversations you have at some point. And I, and I think a wedding can be a perfect place to have these because that is where emotions get high. Yeah. Where, you know, she's seen April and Andy decide, like, hey, we're... we're going in our life together and Leslie's such a planner. Yeah. And she's like, what the heck? They're <laughs> stupid. Like, you don't do this. Yeah, I resonate so much with the character of Leslie. You know me. Yeah. I love planning. You do. My, one of the ways to my heart is through a Google invite. And I sent you one for this. And it meant a lot to me. <laughs> I love, I love planning. So I think that I think when I first started this show, resonating with Leslie Note to me meant, oh, I get to see how great this part of me can be. And I think that um, that representation felt really good. And then I think going back and watching them, I started to see where those were actually weaknesses. And there was a lot of personal growth that came from like being like, oh, this, this was overwhelming to other people in the room. I can be that way as well. So (laughs) there's been like a kind of a yin and a yang to me resonating with Leslie. Yeah. I think... She's not perfect. She's not. No. Um, And there's... I had a conversation with someone, a very good friend of mine, who said that I have no chill. (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm totally laid back. And they're like, you can be laid back, but you have no chill. And I was like, I don't agree. <laughs> um, and like a month later, I was reading this list of Leslie Nope quotes. And there's one gif of her being like, I'm totally chill. I'm the most chill person. Yes. And I suddenly saw myself and I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. So like, like when I'm laid back, I'm choosing to be laid back. So this moment where Leslie Nope is having a hard time thinking that people are making bad choices with their life. And she's like, I have to stop it. I have to take on the responsibility of this. And then she's like, I choose not to. That is all <laughs> such a real place for me. Yeah, It's very real. Yeah. I, I think what I love is actually I what I suspect, and that's my interpretation, is like, you know, she has all of this, like, no, you need to plan this out. Like, you can't make this decision... And then I think she realizes in thinking about this, like, 
But it does just come down to, like, making that decision. Like, you can plan everything, and she can be like, all right, well, now I've, like, decided I want to do this with Ben or, like, do that. But it just comes down to, like, eventually you make the decision, and you don't know. And Ron kind of calls it out, like... You don't yeah. know what's going to happen. You he's had yeah. three divorces. He thought he only had two. <laughs> yeah, he forgot but one of the two. He's like, you don't know. You roll the dice and you take your best shot. And that's what I think inspires her. Where she's yeah. like, okay. Yeah, like, you get to see I'm this character growth yes. for her. And that's like I'm where like, I get just like a little misty eye Because yeah. she is putting herself out there. And she's not the person to put herself out there. Mm-hmm. And that when you show vulnerability, it... It's it's so beautiful tough, and it's beautiful and yeah. it's everything. I agree. <sighs> so I great agree. job to the writer of the episode. Um, yes. And the actors and uh, and we haven't called out. Uh, I mean, I always enjoy all of the bits with Tom. I just find him entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, so him wanting to be best man. Um, and then when the grandma gives the speech and he can't follow that up with his yeah. speech, uh, speaking to John Ralphio, who gives him the I tips. I love that John Ralphio has a cameo in this. Yes, yes. It, it brings, and it also has Oren. Yes. All the Oren bits in this one are gold. Yes. And he's in a few, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he ever comes up with yes. He's going to, do you think I'll see him again? I think he is seven. in season seven. Oh, beautiful. I think they do a good job of bringing in all these callbacks. Yes. I can't remember it specifically, yeah. but I'm sure that they do. I um, love that. And Oren, there's a, a brilliant moment, I think, in this one with Oren, where, because they do a great job of letting everyone recognize how creepy he is. Yes. But for the first time, you see Oren get creeped out. And it's <laughs> talking Rob Lowe, to right? Rob Lowe, oh, yeah. who's like way too positive and it's in, in your other face. Extreme. Yes. And I love that choice. Yes. Of Warren being like, I gotta go. Yeah. I think that's hysterical. Yeah. You I had never seen well, I guess Rob Lowe had been in Tommy Boy and he's also in Wayne's World, but you I had never seen him play a weird sort mm-hmm. of like funny character until this and it's oh, it's, so it's pretty fun. funny it's so I, fun I love him bringing the vegetable loafer is that what he called yes. it and <laughs> Ron's like but you were supposed to bring cake you've deprived all of us of cake <laughs> yes yeah uh, some brilliant moment overall would and you and his dancing yeah <laughs> Rockwell actually for me has my favorite moment of the entire series oh in a different episode and it is five seconds long but it's when Ben and Leslie are trying to not acknowledge that they like each other and they, they're on a road trip. Mm-hmm. And Rob accompanies them on the way back. And Leslie has made a, um, a CD of the most unromantic songs to make sure that they stay platonic. And one of them is just a, a CD of banjos. And they put it in, and it's horrible. And Rob in the backseat goes, ooh, I like this. And just starts <laughs> dancing and going, and trying to like mimic, sing along with a banjo. Yeah. And this moment kills me. Yes. Oh, well, I, I like... you might get into a, some banjo music. I you saw yourself in that. <laughs> like, I, I can just watch that clip over and over, just a gif of it, yeah. and die laughing. I can see... I, I'll need to watch it again, <laughs> but I can imagine. It's interesting we call... I feel we've called all of the characters by their name, and then Rob Lowe's character is... We still call him Rob yeah, Lowe. Yeah, he is. He's we just, just see Lowe. him as Rob Lowe. Uh, what is his... <laughs> do you even know his name? Cause Chris. I, I, okay, okay. Just making sure, because yeah. I wasn't definite. 
Um, overall, on that episode, uh, on a scale of one to ten, what would you give the episode? The episode? That episode. Oh, I think it's a ten. It's a ten. I yeah. I think I would even go ten. Yeah. Ah, I would. So good. Um, anything else from that episode you want to call out that I, that we didn't say, or that I didn't ask mm. about? I don't think so. Oh, I would like to say that I think that they use music really well in this one. And actually in both of the episodes we watched. Because I think when April's walking down the aisle to Simon and Garfunkel's April Come She Will song. Yeah. I think it's used really nicely to evoke that emotional arc. Because um, they have been trapped in an office until they work out their feud. Yeah. Um, it's a one-act play. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's you beautiful. love this one. I have watched it so many times. This made me cry when I first watched it. Also, again, I was in a place of grief. Yeah. <laughs> so to see them reconcile was important to me in that moment. Um, but I think it has stayed important to me. And I could watch this a million times. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so before this, we don't know why they're feuding because it's... 2017, three years later, right. they say it's 2017. So they can make a lot of jokes about mm-hmm. things that were going on. Um, but mm-hmm. it's still... Now, you know, they're saying Ron and Leslie are in this feud. And yes, they are. They're not speaking. But there's obviously still the care between the two characters. They're not They're not mean to each other. Not so mean to each other. Do you feel? Well, in those ones leading up, they are. Like, she... Oh. Won't even be in the same room, and because no. they're they're fighting over a piece of land, and this feud behind it is now making them kind of undercut the other person's actions. Okay. So Leslie's going to have a press conference. So Ron kind of does a simultaneous one to take away from hers, and they definitely feel betrayed by each other. Yes. Um, yes. But they, I don't know. And I haven't seen them all. So who am I to say anything? But I I do feel like there's just always still the care between them. Well, I think that's why they feel betrayed. Yes. Because they cared so much about each other. But um, the way people handle conflict is so interesting. Yes. And, And the way that these two characters, well, specifically Ron, is trying to just use avoidance. Um... Something I've been thinking about recently is something a friend told me that there are two types of healthy families and it is um, kind of these two scales. One is a scale of intimacy and the other is a scale of conflict. So you can either be a healthy family that is very intimate and leans into conflict and the other you're not intimate family and you avoid conflict. And both of those can be healthy, but they look very different. And Ron's MO is to not have intimacy. So Leslie has pushed this friendship that is much more intimate than he's used to. And so when there's this huge conflict, of course his typical MO is to avoid it. Um, But that's not how it can happen in this friendship, where there is more intimacy than he would have typically built. Yeah. And so this, this is probably one of the first times, I think, that you see Ron have to choose vulnerability and have to choose um, 
to share how he was hurt, which kills me. It totally made me cry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he never has, if I just look at it, he's never called out. Like, he might say what happened to him, like, in the episode we watched, like, oh, I was divorced three times, but he's not mm -hmm. like, oh, you know what, in my relationship, I made this mistake, or I did this wrong. Mm -hmm. He's just like, well, this happened. But he's not giving that vulnerability of himself. Or I think more, even more vulnerable of him, I was hurt. Yes. Is a statement that Ron Swanson does not say. He could Because he wouldn't be hurt, you know? And his divorces weren't, I was hurt. It was, this was toxic. This was volatile. Right? I think. So I think Leslie is the first relationship where he has to admit hurt. Mm -hmm. And Leslie, for her, the opposite, she has to admit that she didn't do something well, that she messed up. Yeah. Um, Which is another big admission for her. And it's also interesting because I don't know exactly what, like, is Ron in earlier seasons, is he Leslie's boss at some point? He's her boss, yes. The whole time they're at the Parks and Rec place. So it's also, uh, and this is another thing of him, like, having at one time been like, the head honcho and having yeah. to be like, I'm not, I need your help as you're saying. And yeah. he's no longer maybe like, you know, if he wants this other job or to do something, he has to say like, you'll be the boss and not me. And it was going to work for the federal government, which he is absolutely oh, yeah. against. <laughs> you get to see how important friendships are to him, which is something that even admitting was difficult. Yes. Um, and I love that. You do. I do, Brian. Uh, one thing I loved <laughs> is that it's 2017, and we barely get to see the other cast, the other cast members. Mm-hmm. First of all, also, we never even talked about Jerry, Terry, Larry, yeah. but I was surprised he's going by Terry now. Yep. And they he, changed the and they, three. And they keep show, changing his name. And they show a flashback where Ron comes into the office. And he, I don't know if he called him Jerry there. And he's like, it's Terry. Like yeah. very, and like he's even agreed to it. <laughs> yeah. He... <laughs> I mean, they're well, so mean to him. They are. And that was actually my one critique of the show. I have a friend who said he is like, they've gone too far with yeah. how mean they are to him. I, uh, I was on board with that too of like, this, this isn't good. But um, I, th- I think that they redeem it in how wonderful they make his family. Yeah. Um, and then also... Yeah, in he's this, got it all going... Like, he's happy with his family. Like, he's a good husband. He's all of these right, things. Right, great dad. They're yes. all, like, singing a harmony at breakfast time. It's, <laughs> and you see that he doesn't need the validation yeah. of the other people. Because he is, like... He's, he's confident in who he is, or he's satisfied in the life he's built. Yeah. Um, and in the seventh season, you get in his episode, you get um, a bigger celebration of his successes than Ooh, you ever would. And to me, that felt really cathartic and kind of like bringing it home of like. I'm looking forward to this. Though. I really liked. I need to Jerry's watch final the rest of these. arc. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've got me excited to watch those. Um, I love Ron calling it. Um, work proximity associates. Instead of friendship. That's yeah. great. I have this joke with... Well, first of all, I don't like hugs. 
I'm starting to see like some of Ron Swanson in Are myself. we Leslie and Ron? I don't know, but I was like, I don't do hugs. I I have a coworker at work right now and I have told her she like had referred to us as friends and I go, Well, we haven't known each other six months, so we aren't and I actually put on her calendar, on her Outlook calendar, like a six month date and I said that's the day our friendship can start. <laughs> Which is a fun bit. Work Proximity Associates. Fun, fun little title. Yeah, you're going to have to give her that one (laughs) until six months. That's pretty fun. Um, What else do you love? Um, I like... uh, The charts on the board. Those are... There's a lot of charting. And again, there's this uh, humor in recognizing myself. Because I feel like... If I'm having a relationship problem or, like, a friendship fight or something, I do try to organize it. Mm-hmm. Like, I will journal it and be like, this, 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 how to, like, and try to dissect what went wrong in a way that felt very Leslie Nope in this episode. I also like that she waterboards his mustache in a moment <laughs> where she's trying to get him to talk. Like, and it's very quick. Um, you get to see them struggling to have the conversation that they need to have. You get this moment of vulnerability and then you get them being so silly, which it feels so healing at the end of the episode to me. Yeah. Um, there are also a lot of really great callbacks. Like I said, the janitor who's listening to Shania Twain is in there. You also get to see them pull out all of the artwork that's been in the office that we're used to from the other seasons. So like Ron's breakfast poster feels very like... Oh, there's our old friend. <laughs> kind yes. of a thing. Um, I don't love breakfast. Oh, then you're not. They're right. they're common at the end of the episode of people yeah. like everyone should love breakfast food. And what lunch is where it's at? <laughs> lunch is where it's yeah, at. Because lunch you can you, usually they offer you oh you can get anything for breakfast but mm-hmm. you also got all the lunch op- options. Do you know how upset I was as a child? When it would be like we were going to McDonald's and they didn't what? serve the, like, cheeseburger yet. And I had to get, like, sick. I'm fascinated that you were going there so early in the morning then. Because it's like 11. It's like <laughs> we were... 11. Everyone else on the planet was like, we missed breakfast. I, I never, I have always been like, nope, I've got to wait like half an hour to get to McDonald's. At so 10, I can, at ten thirty a.m. You want a cheese? Well, that's the problem. Is some, it's changed because it used to be eleven. I think it's ten thirty now that McDonald's switches. Then they started this breakfast all, all day, day, which I but think it's is not, great. It's not all of the options no, too. But it's so some people are upset by that. You can't make anyone happy in this world. <laughs> oh, you're so right. That's what it comes down to. Uh, oh, sorry. No, I just thought of this. No. Another callback. Well, all right, I want to finish the breakfast thing. Sorry, yes. I'm organizing my thoughts. There's lots. I think that there's a great metaphor for Ron and Leslie's relationship in that he loves bacon and eggs and she loves waffles. But they choose to say, we love breakfast. How beautiful is that? Did you think of this or has that been called out? I'm just... No, I'm just processing Yeah. It. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know if this you. was like something... Yeah. Yeah. I know her. I mean, I obviously didn't know she loved waffles. I didn't know he loved bacon and eggs offhand. Okay, so here's the deal. She talks about waffles 
a ton throughout the series. Shows her how, love much, of waffles. how much I've paid attention. And he loves bacon and eggs and at one point can't get a steak dinner. And there's this great quote where he goes to a diner and is like, I want all the bacon and eggs you have. Yes. And they're like, okay. And he's like, wait. I'm afraid what you heard is, I want a lot of bacon and eggs. What I actually said was, I want all the bacon and eggs you have. I do recall this. It's so Ron Swanson. So, yeah, you get very, they're very different, but they have chosen this friendship. They choose to be a we love breakfast instead of I love waffles and I love bacon and eggs. That's beautiful. Yeah. No, that is. It is. And I forgot. Oh, there's another callback to the landmine. That is from... I've seen that landmine before. Yes, it's from an earlier um, episode where Ron Swanson teaches a child, like a third grade girl, about libertarianism. And like his (laughs) views on the government. And she, like he has to like apologize (laughs) Like, the mother comes in furious that he's given her all this ideology. And as a kind of like, I'm sorry, he gives her the landmine. Oh. Um, and so I always was like, why did he have this... Why did he give a child a landmine? And the mother comes back and gives it back to him. Right. And is like, why would you give this to a child? Um... And and that never felt fully resolved. So you get this moment of like, it was a toy the whole time that Leslie gave him. She filled it with balloons. Yeah. No I, one was ever in danger. Kind of makes me feel better about it. That's true, but I don't think it's. I don't think they thought that through. No. This I mean, is like, oh, let's use that when they yeah. make this up. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree. I thought you thought they've been planning it no. since like season. Three. No, I think that they yes and did yes. things from previous seasons right. that ended up being really fun arcs for this random prop. Totally. Yeah. You're right. And then Leslie gives this little backstory on it that we never knew. Yeah. And so we end up suddenly having this real fun story for this landmine. Beautiful. I love it. Um, it's, I'm, I wanted to mention this before. Um, it's taking place in 2017 mm-hmm. and they bring up, uh, Game the of Game Thrones. of Thrones finale. We're still not there. And I know, I, you're not a Game of Thrones fan, right? I have never watched yeah. It's pretty violent, so I it's won't. not your thing, too. Like, yeah. I know it's not your thing. But I'm like, nope, we're not even close to that finale yet. Yeah. Well, we are. We've got another one more season, but it was... Yeah, I think that the way that they played around with making bold predictions was really delightful. Yeah. Is there, in one episode, they were kind of using, like, a futuristic-looking iPad? and Was that, yeah. like, saying, okay... Yeah, well, they be... have this fake company called Grizzle yes. that uh, kind of has taken over technology-wise. And they do a lot of fun predictions where they have, like, Grizzle delivering presents with drones... And things are like, that could happen. Like, how close are we? Yes. If Google and Amazon became the same company. Yeah. What would happen to our lives? What would? I don't know. They know everything about me. I will say that discussing the show today has inspired me to finish it up. I haven't, you know, I've got probably like 20 episodes, 15 episodes left. Okay. So, got to see those. Uh, What I... Is there anything else you have to say before I ask you the final question of of the show? Oh. 
But if there's any, like, call-out from the episode, nothing... Uh, I I want to say that I love, again, how they used music in this one, the Willie Nelson's buddy. Yes. To go over the montage of them putting the office back together. I think it was such a beautiful choice. Um, and we also have the We Didn't Start the Fire yes. connection, which was so fun. Um, and I think it's hilarious when Leslie pretends to fart and Ron has a saxophone and makes the fart sound. <laughs> Like, that's friendship. You love it. I love it. I love this whole show. Uh, the last question I typically ask every guest on the Might CTV podcast, okay. got the name down, is you have 30 seconds to tell someone out there, and this is what's crazy, if someone's never seen the show, yeah. why would they still be listening at this point? <laughs> like, if they've never seen Probably because we're so delightful. That's true. That's <laughs> we true. We have a real Leslie Ron dynamic. We do. Uh... <laughs> But say you have 30 seconds to mm-hmm. tell someone why this show is so great, why they need to watch it. Let's great. give you your 30 seconds now. Okay. Um, I think that this show makes your life better because you have hilarious one-liners and quotes that you will laugh at, but also it has a depth of connection between the characters that is uplifting and joyful and lets you laugh at government, which is something we need to do right now, um, but also makes you learn a little bit and care about it too, which is also something we need to do right now. It's a great way to put it. Hey, thanks. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I'm glad we got to It has to been talk. a joy. Well, I hope it's been I hope it's been okay. Yeah, thank you for putting it on my Google Calendar. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, do you want to just uh, sing a little from the theme song before we sign off? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How does it go? Um, oh gosh, I've never tried to sing it. Uh, maybe we should just do We Didn't Start the Fire. Yeah, we didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world was turning. Freddy Krueger was a man and he bought some things. Thank you for tuning in to our episode of Might See TV. I'm Brian Finley, and you can learn more about us by visiting MightCTV.com. And if you like today's show, please share with your friends on Facebook. Or heck, just tell someone about it in person. We look forward to you joining us next week. <laughs>